Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Well, all right. Happy December. Happy first Friday of December. This is one of your co-hosts, Lynn Pender, and I'm so excited that you are tuned into the Christian Office on Tour, C-A-O-T, Blog Talk Radio Show. And I'm also excited. It is first Friday, so I have a wonderful co-host on hand, and it is Reverend Kevin Wayne Johnson. Pastor Johnson, how are you, sir? I am doing well, Lynn. Uh, Good to be with you again. Uh, Time flies. We are now in the month of December. It's amazing. I know. I know. We've had a wonderful year. 2021 has been amazing. Uh, For Christian Office on Tour, we are coming to the end of our 2021 Shining God's Light in a Dark World uh, Christian Book Tour. And because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the coronavirus, everything was virtual this year. And as is our last tour stop, which is coming up next Saturday, December 11th, it's the 2021 Christian Writers Literary Festival. And I'm so honored that not only will my co-host today, (laughs) Pastor Kevin (laughs) Wayne Johnson, not only is he one of the featured authors, but also our guest author today is one of the featured authors. And so if you're interested in being a part of that day of Christian books, of dialogue, of fellowshipping with Christian authors and other Christian book lovers, and I'm going to be honest, you know, we got something for everybody. We got the little readers. We got the little readers, we got the the, 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 the the women of wisdom, we got the mighty men of faith. So go visit www.christianauthorsontour.com to see the listing of the seven different panel discussions that will take place between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Um, on December 11th and register. It's a free virtual event, and I'm excited. <laughs> Pastor Johnson, are you excited? <laughs> You know I am absolutely. It's one of the um, one of the premier events that the Christian Authors on Tour puts on, and uh, we get great participation because for most of us it's local in the Baltimore, Maryland yeah. area, um, yeah. and it's just really really good to come out to any event, whether it's virtual or in person, and just network with your fellow authors, help each other, support each other cheer each other on. We, we are our biggest cheerleaders. And so yes, I look forward to seeing everyone there. Absolutely. 
Yes, yes. And so just want to encourage folks to, again, visit the website, www.ChristianAuthorsOnTour.com. You can see a short video of all of the participating authors. In addition to our guest author today, we have close to about two dozen other Christian authors who are also participating. And so what a great way to connect this holiday season. What a great way to find some unique Christmas gifts for those in your life, um, particularly those who enjoy reading. And we even, as I mentioned, have something for the little readers in your life. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm excited because the the, the panel discussion that the two of you are doing on uh, next week is really um I, I, I really, I'm really looking forward to that discussion. So, Pastor Johnson, I want you to go ahead and bring on our guest author. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we want to definitely welcome uh, our guest for today, and you'll get a chance to hear him and see him again uh, at our Christian Literary uh, Festival that we're having on December the 11th. But uh, Dr. Eugene Aikens III is with us today. And just a little bit about him, and then we'll have him to talk about his latest book, Black Lives, White Lives. Uh, that, that gets your attention right there. Um, Dr. Aikens was, was born and raised in a Pentecostal church. Um, he's, a, he's a PK. He, he, he's a preacher's kid. And um, his mother became the state supervisor of women in western New York. That's a huge feat in and of itself. Uh, Dr. Aikens, now, this is really interesting, and hear me good. Dr. Aikens is the oldest of 11 children and, and has been married for 44 years. Wow, right? He's currently a minister on staff at his church, and um, as he was growing up uh, there, and he's also a member of the trustee board there as well. So for the past 20 years, Dr. Aikens has worked as a uh, podiatrist, and he's presently on staff at the Veterans Medical Center in Syracuse. Syracuse, and he, he already told me they don't, they don't have any snow yet, so, uh, and, and I'm not going to give a prophetic <laughs> word that any is coming, so I'm not going to do that. Thank but you. Dr. Aikens wants to share with us, and I can't wait to hear both now and at our next event, Black Lives, White Lives. And he's going to talk about that and share with us some of his insight and some of his perspectives as we have a chance to listen and learn and grow and develop from what he's going to share. So with no further ado, Dr. Eugene Aikens III, welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much, sir. Nice to talk with you again, and you as well, Ms. Pender. Long time since we've spoken, but... Nice to speak with you again. Absolutely. Amen. So I, I gave a very abbreviated introduction to you, but Dr. Aikens, if you'd be so kind, it's a two-part question to kick us off. Tell us a little bit more about your work and how you got into it, and then go ahead and start to dive into your latest book. Talk to us about the theme, the message, why you wrote it, uh, et cetera. So it's a two-part question. So say the first part of that again. Just just kind of briefly elaborate a little bit more on who you are, a little bit more oh, okay. on your background, and then kind of migrate into talking about the book. 
Okay. Well, as you said, um, I'm, a, I'm a PK, and I learned that that term from you, um, a preacher's kid, uh, grew up in a Pentecostal church, as you said earlier. Um, my first book came out of uh, the problem of being taught certain things and uh, having those certain things fail to line up with Scripture. So that's how I got to the writing journey uh, uh, under the prompting of my wife. Um, the, the development and idea behind this book came after uh, finishing the first book. I was in the, actually in the middle of writing a follow-up to the first book when George Floyd was murdered. Um, in, my, in my workplace, I work primarily with white patients, and as uh, the development of the protests around the country with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, uh, I got into a lot of conversations with white patients who didn't seem to understand that phrase. Uh, and some of them actually uh, went, to, went to the point of being offended almost by that phrase, thinking that the phrase meant that um, – black lives mattered more than white lives. And after getting into several conversations and sharing with different groups or different, different individuals in that uh, group, to me that there were several or that many white people just don't get that phrase for a couple of different reasons. And after sharing some of my background and, and, some of the reasoning that black people have for for having that phrase so prominent in our society now, uh, I would have people say, oh, okay, well, I, I think I understand now. And people would actually acquiesce and, and recognize that, yes, indeed, black lives matter when you look at it from that perspective, when they understand where the protesters are coming from, where that phrase originated. And so that's uh, the, the genesis of the book. But the second portion of the title, The Need for White Christians to Fight Racism in America, that came about because when I had these discussions, I realized that the general white population is not, does not have the heart of Christ. The white Christian population having the heart of Christ should also have a mentality that pulls them toward a problem like we face in the black community uh, with the brutality that police officers often inflict upon us. And so black lives, white lives, the need for white Christians to fight racism uh, is a genesis of the idea that this problem it's specifically with police brutality is not going to get better or is very unlikely to get better if the white Christian population is not a big part of the solution as the abolitionists were in getting the Emancipation Proclamation passed. Well said, well said. 
Indeed, indeed. I, uh, <laughs> Dr. Akins, I'm so um, I'm so excited that that you birthed this book because, like you said, it's hitting on the issues of our day, of our present day. But it makes me think back to how, unfortunately, in our past, in America's history, how, unfortunately, many white Christians used the Bible to justify slavery, to justify segregation, to justify mistreating or the mistreatment of um black people, African Americans, even Africans. And so I'm just curious to know what has been the response in terms of, you know, your white Christian readers. Have they been um open to that call to action or have you felt some pushback? So it's kind of a mixed bag. I have uh on the one hand there have been several white Christians who totally understand the idea of the book. And I actually spoke to a woman today who has read the book and she almost cried uh, in our session uh, because she was reflecting upon things she saw as uh, a white person growing up uh, with interaction uh, in the black community. And so she as as with another uh white christian male that i've that I've talked to about the book it, it he called it spot on and he said this is exactly what the white community needs to see um uh, needs to experience needs to hear on the other hand uh for example in syracuse there's a uh christian radio station that interviewed me for the first book and when I spoke to the representative she said oh yeah yeah i remember you um uh we can do that but then when she when she got my title to her about actually scheduling the interview she says well i i don't know i don't know if this is right for us we don't want to offend anyone and so to me she was saying we don't want to offend our white listeners. Right. Because the, the title says Black Lives, White Lives. And I almost stepped away from that title, but I, I, I felt led to stick with it because it, it seems to, it almost insinuates that white people are liars. But the idea of the phrase, the, uh, the sentence white lies, is that there are small bits of information that are perpetuated through our history that are bits and pieces, part truths, inaccuracies in our history, and that's where the white lies aspect of the title comes from. So it's a mixed bag. There are people definitely that understand and definitely are responding, but I think white people in general, the first response is almost um, a guarded uh, kind of back off kind of response. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, on the back cover, I'm going to read one of the sentences on the back cover of the book. It says, "Lies, lies, and more lies." And as our nation's history tells us, 
this has not been a recipe for success when it comes to blacks and whites, and you have, in quotes, understanding each other. Um, what have been some of the challenges, Dr. Akins, in getting people across the board to come to a point where we can have a conversation to begin to understand each other? What, what are some of your experiences in that area? Well, I think one of the one of the biggest challenges is, and I, and I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing our white brothers and sisters. It's far from that. I hopefully hopefully it's an enlightenment uh, that they'll get from this. But one of the problems I think is that white people do not recognize that they many white people do not recognize that they have a different experience of life versus the average black person. And and they don't realize this idea about uh, white superiority, that this is not, some people, some of them don't even realize this is a real phenomena. One of the, um, I listened to a um, particular Christian radio station, nationally syndicated, Christian radio station most of the time, and most of the commentators and uh, people that are the hosts of the shows, when they talk about this subject, they even go as far as to say, is systemic racism even exists when talking about the problems of race in the United States? So I think a big problem is the actual acknowledgement that this exists, and it doesn't help when we have black black public figures who are saying there's no systemic racism. But it's I think one of the biggest problems is for white people to recognize, yes, systemic racism is real, and black people have a different experience in life in most cases than white people do. And white people need to recognize that they do have a step up in life. When they come out of the womb, they have a step above us in life just because of the color of their skin. And so, yeah, so that's the conversation that folks don't want to have because right, right. when we when we have that dialogue and conversation, um, because it is a touchy subject, the defense barriers go up, and it's really hard to break through those defense mechanisms. So, um, But you touched earlier on the heart. Uh, this is truly a heart issue. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it that the church needs to be more actively engaged and involved across the board, uh, across gender, across ethnicity, and across culture. And I agree with you, Dr. Akins. Until that happens, it's going to be the same old, same old, because right. it's, a, right. it's, a heart, it's a heart condition. We've got to get to the point where we actually change people's heart, and that's where mm-hmm. the church needs to step, step up. Legislation is not going to do it. The president signing an executive order is not going to do it. Uh, it yeah. It's a heart issue. So that's, right. that's, that's my take on it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. And that's why I said that I used that subtitle white Christians, because the heart of the white Christian should be the one that's most ready 
to receive this this information, most ready to receive this reality and to act on it. Yep, totally and agree. Yes, me too. And, you know, I, I love that you started this conversation saying this is not a, an attack against my white, you know, fellow Christian brothers and sisters. But, you, yeah. you know, you're in essence. This is a call to action. And then I love the way um, Pastor Johnson phrased it, that this is really a heart issue, you know. And, mm-hmm. and you know, how do you, how do you convey that message that this isn't about, you know, um, uh, hurting people's feelings, but this is about accountability and changing people's hearts. Because I think about the example you gave about the station manager you called and she was all ready to have the interview until she heard the title of the book. And then she, you know, was was hesitant <laughs> because she felt mm-hmm. like the, the would be, you know, um, offended, you know. So how do you, how do we change that, that, that mindset? How do, how do we shift that mindset? I think, I think it really is going to be a matter of conversations, like we've just said, but finding forums that these conversations can be elicited in. Um, I mean, I've had, like I said, I've had so many really good conversations in my workplace with individuals, but these are individuals. Now, if some of those individuals, and I believe some of them will go back to their families and friends and share the perspective they received from our conversation. But, again, on, this, on the grand scale of things, we're talking about a drop in the bucket. And I think it really is going to come down to a, a forum somehow, somewhere being opened can sit down and talk about these things and understand the perspective that each group has and and try to come to the realizations that are out there so that we can move forward or move in a different direction. But until there's some, some conversation, and, and that's why I brought up the, the station manager's response. You know, she's saying, well, we don't, I don't know, we don't want to offend anybody, but it's an offensive problem. If we don't don't offend, if we don't clean up the problem, and it's going to take some offending possibly to do that, but if we don't talk about it, if we don't take the step to to make that little uneasy feeling and, and talk through that uneasy feeling so that we can then get down to the where uh, what is the uh, preacher says where the rubber meets the road, we're not mm-hmm. going to be able to get it straightened out or or improved or 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 at least get some of these major things like the way that the police treat black people in this country is is a is an atrocity. Yeah, and it's been going on since 1963. And, well, and before yeah. that, but it's been in, yeah, it's yeah. been causing national issues and problems since yeah. 1963. Yes, yep. yes. Now, Pastor well, Johnson, know. Pastor Johnson, uh-huh. one minute, Dr. Akins, we have quite a few callers, and I want to make sure that I give folks an opportunity if they want to ask a question. So I'm going to start opening the lines. I have a caller from area code six four six. 
Caller, you are now live. Would you like to ask a question? Okay. I have a caller from area code 315, and the first digit is 3. You are now live. Would you like to ask a question? Okay. And I have one more. I just want to give folks an opportunity. If they do want to ask a question, I want to make sure I give them the opportunity to do that. Um, and I think that's everybody. Okay, go ahead, Pastor Johnson. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lynn. You know, what I was going to do is just kind of piggyback off of something that Dr. Aiken said is very, very important. And, Lynn, you chimed in as well, and that is how police treat uh, certain segments of the population. Well, what mm. we're going to talk about a little bit more at the Literary Festival on December the 11th is leadership. So in addition to what Dr. Aikens is enlightening us in, in our nation in terms of where we are is a leadership issue as well because of accountability. And so accountability that doesn't take place gives the green light for those that are doing wrong to continue that same behavior. And so here's one more quote here from the back of Dr. Aiken's book on the back cover. It says, this book is an attempt to provide a glimpse into the reason that the phrase Black Lives Matter came into being. It provides information for black readers that has not been provided by mainstream history in the United States of America. And the reason it hasn't been part of the mainstream education is because no one was holding people accountable. Mm -hmm. So when you have these types of conversations, and they should, people should be uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable when you're committing sin. If the Holy Spirit isn't convicting you, then your fellow brother or sister in Christ should, right? We've all been there. None of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes, right? So if if a person, again, if a person is not even willing to have the conversation, uh, if it's shame, if it's disgust, uh, if it's embarrassment, whatever the reason might be, it still is a matter of the heart. And there's no better time for the church to stand up for something as important as this because, you know, we have the 46th president. You know, he's only got three more years. Um, He's close to 80 years old. We don't know who the next president's going to be. You you have to take advantage of the allies that we have in this dispensation in time. The Bible talks a lot about timing. I mean, if you read the the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about a season. There's a season and there's a time for everything, and this is the right time to do it. So, Dr. Aikens, we are really, really proud of you for um, writing the book, and I'm interested in hearing even more about it, which we will hear more about on December the 11th. So if you'd be so kind, sir, in our remaining minutes, just share with the listening audience how we can get in touch with you, email address, website, phone number, if you're comfortable with the phone number. How do, how do all of our listeners get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, my email is Eugene Aikens, E-U-G-E-N-E-A-K-I-N-S, three lowercase i's, that's I-I-I, at gmail.com. 
Uh, phone number is 315-278-6213. All right, all right. And, you know, this whole conversation today, it makes me think about the issue of and the arguments around critical race theory and how people would rather shut down the conversation instead of addressing it. And the reason why they shut yeah. it down is they feel uncomfortable, as Pastor Johnson said, and, you know, and, and, well, you should feel uncomfortable, you know. So, yeah. you know, yes, yes. And so, again, again, I am so excited about the release of this book because it could not have come at such a better time, at such a crisis in our nation where where the issues are so right there in our face, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and yep. so as we're closing out, point. yes, and as we're closing out, we only have a few more seconds, but I just want you to kind of close us out, Dr. Akins, with, you know, some, some, some last um, words of, of encouragement to our white Christian brothers and sisters who might be listening, but to our black Christian brothers and sisters, those of other races as well. Well, I would encourage everyone, uh, anyone interested in this book, please read it with an open mind. Remember that I said it's not about uh, hate-mongering. Uh, hate it's not about uh, pitting anybody, one group, against another, but it's about understanding. It's about allowing groups to become more understanding one to another and that hopefully together we can at least at least put a little dent in this problem of racism. I don't, I don't really think that racism is ever going to leave us completely. It's a sin problem, as, as many of our evangelical preachers will say. It's a sin problem ultimately. But it does not mean that we are just supposed to sit around and pray it away. We are supposed to get up off of our lazies and do something about it. And so that's what the, the hope of this book is that it will inspire somebody somewhere in the white community to look at this problem of specifically police brutality, which is where the Black Lives Matter phrase came from, and, and get up and do something about it from the white perspective. Amen. Oh, Amen. All right. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's a wrap for us, Dr. Akins. I thank you so much. What a pleasure it was to interview you today. Well, thank you for having me so much. I was It was well worth the time, and I look forward to it and look forward to talking with you guys again next week. All Indeed. right. Excellent. All right. Have a great yes. weekend. Thanks yes. a lot. You as yes. well. God bless you. God bless. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can um, check out Dr. Akins, Pastor Kevin Wayne Johnson, and others next Saturday, December 11th. Go to our website, 